the final time in season three. This is the Benefit of a Doubt podcast, and this is Beyond a Doubt, where we sit down and talk to a creator about themselves, mostly, or we just see where the conversation goes. <laughs> and it is criminal that it has taken this long to get Juan Carlos Bagnell onto the show, considering... If I'm totally honest, Creator Chat is kind of the progenitor of the Beyond yeah. a Doubt podcast. No, I was happy to, so, to pass yeah. it along because, you know, with, with work schedules being what they were, I think my uh, my plans for a semi-regular creator-focused podcast were a bit ambitious. So I'm glad yeah. that someone else took the idea and ran with it because it's a great idea. And all the conversations, yeah. like, I, you know, I, I see you pop up in my podcast feed. And like okay, cool. Yeah, this is this is the vibe. This is this is the gig. I'm I'm really glad that this is still going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is uh, you know for those who are not familiar, this is a monthly um, edition of the Benefit of a Doubt podcast subbrand Beyond a Doubt because you know come for the <laughs> come for the text, stay for the puns. And uh, basically, what we do is I intentionally do not do any research into the subject of my of my video because I want this to just be a conversation. I want this to see where the conversation goes. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll talk about star Wars. Sometimes we'll talk about Lego. Sometimes we'll talk about healthcare. I mean, it just kind of depends on what happens. So, um, the, the typical area where I usually start is I usually try to get kind of like an origin story. Like how did you get into, um, how did you get into technology? <laughs> how did sure. you get into your own, you know, into being yourself at your own creator? Because I know you've uh, you've freelanced a few places as well. So, like, I just want to want to see, like, what's uh, what's the start of one? Let's, let's get that out of the way. I, I yeah. mean, let, let me try and condense this because my origin story could could. Yeah, could we only have an hour. Eclipse your hour. <laughs> so I, I I grew up in a household of of engineers and scientists. Uh, my my dad is a PhD in electrical engineering. My mom has her master's in computer science. We, I mean, like I, I think I remember being four years old, going to this little kind of uh, walk, uh, sort of walk in coat closet where we had set up a workstation terminal for my mom's degree. And, uh, you know, we were the one of the first families on the block to not only have, uh, you know, a really powerful DOS 8088 XT clone, um, but also have it network connected. You know, we were hooked up to ARPANET before the Internet was a thing. And so I'm, I'm four years old trying to play my favorite games on this computer. Well, I mean, a guy needed to learn how DOS worked and how floppies worked and and. I remember I have these early memories of like, hey, something's wrong with the computer, and my dad would just rip the case off and like resolder stuff because that's how you fixed things. And right. you know, it gives you a completely <laughs> different perspective. That later on in life, I, I came to the realization like, oh, our family was very not usual in that regard. <laughs> we were very ahead of the curve on a lot of that stuff. And, um, you know, people make jokes about, like, your modem and your dial-up tones and stuff like that. But, you know, that that was uh, five-year-old Juan, you know, was, was experiencing right. the early days of, like, you know, telecommunications over networked infrastructure. So from there, I, I, I kind of have this twisting story of going through arts and creativity and content creation and expression. I, you know, I, I went to school for a theater degree, and immediately out of college, I worked for a technology resource firm handling a DOE contract, 
where I would have hmm. my hands in the guts of old, you know, Mac Pros. Um, actually, they were Power Macs back then. They were the IBM Power PCs. Um, but we would yeah. um, we would customize those for uh, Los Alamos and for Sandia Labs, and we were building Xserves, and I, that was where I first got my first taste of mobility. Um, was really digging into at the time those early, early, early compact iPacks and Windows Mobile Pocket PCs. That got me super fascinated in mobile. I'd always been kind of a sucker for. Yeah, I had a little Texas Instruments pocket organizer when I was in the sixth grade. I was always playing <laughs> with my mom's graphing calculators. I had a TI-92+. Plus. You know, it was the only one in my uh, calculus class in high school that had the full QWERTY keyboard um, uh, TI calculator. Like, it's always been a part of this. But at the same time, I was also studying um, production, performance, minored in dance. And all of those disciplines kind of came together um, with consumer uh, uh, with uh, uh, voiceover casting, and so I came mm -hmm. out to California, got a job at a talent agency, and at the same time, we were just in that explosion of home recording. And if back in the day, the actors would go to the talent agent's office to record their auditions, and I would have a day of recording to do. You come in, you've got to record the script. You come in, you've got to record the script. Someone, someone might have like six pieces of copy. They've got to knock it all out. I've got to get this uploaded. I've got to get it sent. And so any second in between two actors is a second I can't spare. And almost every day I would have to sacrifice my lunch break or, or like, you know, stay super, super, super late in the office to get all the audio cut and sent. So people would keep coming in and asking like, well, hey, I heard this USB mic is really good. It sounds just like a $3,000 mic. And be like, hey, I, I can't. I, I can't talk to you. I can't spare, spare this time. Your casual inquiry means I don't get a lunch break. So you need to get right. out of my booth. Um, but you're not allowed to talk to actors that way because they're very emotive and sensitive creatures. You need to have that trust and That's, that bond. I've so heard that. At the time, we weren't really allowed to have social media as part of the talent agency. They were worried that if we were talking up all these cool projects on social media on the Facebook... Uh, yeah, get out of my booth. Um, <laughs> I love you. I love your face. Get out of my booth. Um, the uh, the 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 crisis got to such a burning point that I created an alter ego. I created some audio guy, and I started writing a blog. It started out as you know a secret like this is a guy who obviously works in talent and in voiceover and in casting. Um, but I didn't put my name on it. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't broadcasting who I was because I needed some kind of plausible deniability. I didn't want to get fired from the talent agency. But at the same time, I could say like, I can't talk to you about this right now. But if you get out of the booth, there is this blog. There's this guy, some audio guy. He was reviewing all of this audio tech and he's talking about like how to set up home recording. You can check that out. And if you have any other questions, you can, you can hit me up after hours. And so some audio guy quickly developed a reputation for being very snarky, aggressive, what not to do in an audition, how, how actors can come to no, fail. Yeah. Although, <laughs> you know, like some gadget guy is very tame by comparison to what some audio guy was because the Hollywood casting talent infrastructure is ruthlessly um, <laughs> aggressive about like, 
the way you walk in the door can, you know, determine whether or not you're going to get this gig. You know, like, I mean, it is, it is such so hyper-specific and discriminatory in how projects are cast. Some audio guy, his reputation was substantially more acerbic than some gadget guy. And some gadget guy is not a lightweight. Um, but it also affords me kind of the separation. Like Juan could be totally cool and chill. Let's hang out. Let's chat. I've got you in the booth. Let's hang out. I'm, I'm super friendly. I'm, I'm gregarious. But I could get all the venom out with some audio guy. Like, I can't believe this guy just walked in my booth smelling of Doritos and he hasn't bathed in three days. Guys, personal hygiene. You will not book these jobs if people can't stand to be around you in the booth. Um, okay. Juan would never say that to someone, but some audio guy called. So no. when, yeah. when you spend all that time handling all of this recording equipment, um, it got the attention of a couple brands. So I started getting headphones. I started getting microphones. Companies were sort of interested in saying like, okay, well, what are your thoughts on this? We've got a competitor to this type of microphone at this price point. I'd try and test them out and I'd share my thoughts. And uh, the, the turning point really happened when Nokia reached out way back in the day. This is still in the Symbian days of Nokia. Um, wow. that they All had right. started really heavily pushing their uh, Bluetooth audio solutions to the United States. We weren't getting the phones here, but we were getting their accessories and they were really good. And so they invited me out to kind of come hang out with some other reviewers and content creators. And it was like, as soon as I put Nokia on something on one of my, it was, I think it was even a written article at the time. It wasn't even a full video. Uh, that's when like, all of the other consumer electronics just started do dogpiling on, you know, like, oh, well, if you're doing Bluetooth headphones, you need to review this. Or maybe you want to check out this monitor. Or let me send you this small workstation PC. And that's kind of where some gadget guy was born. That is almost 25 years of, <laughs> of life and history to get to that point. So my journey is very long and rambling and winding and is absolutely not any blueprint or path for success that anyone else can replicate. <laughs> fair enough. Very, very fair. So don't be a jerk to actors in order to break into the tech space. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that, that's an important safety tip. Well, Thanks, be, be, be a jerk to actors, <laughs> just not to their face. Put, put, right, okay, put on your right. cape and cowl, fire up your secret identity, and be snarky as the day is long. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. See, that that's the part I forgot. I forgot the cape and cowl part. Yeah. Whoops. That's yeah. all right. I'm already out. There, and when you're so. like a wealthy billionaire industrialist, you know, go go beat up poor people. That's that's yeah. that's what you should do. You know, mental I mean, illness, yada, yada, yada. Who doesn't? Right? <laughs> I mean, come on, right? So, well, I mean, you know, and what's interesting, what I've always found to be rather fascinating is how many people in the tech space have backgrounds in like theater and performance, yeah. because like I, you know, I do too, not nearly to the extent as like a you or, you know, a Michael Fisher or something like that, because like, you know, you have, you have both been paid to do performance. I was just, you know, like in theater you know, in like college. And it's interesting like kind of seeing some of those backgrounds because very quickly in college, I loved performing, but I always... I always preferred having a sort of a more global eye view on what was going on on stage. My right. preferred performance was dance. Um, yeah. I, I thought I Which... was a, an okay actor. I thought I was an okay performer, but in terms of expression, the musicality, uh, the, 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 I mean, the rhythm, I mean, especially for a lot of the dance that I performed was uh, body percussive. So it was tap, uh, step, mm. folklorico, flamenco. 
um, that that was really where my heart was. And even today, like I'm talking to my, you know, a teacher at my daughter's school, like, well, maybe you do need a little Mexican folk dancing for some of the older kids. I could help with that. There you um, go. But when it why haven't to... we seen any of this dancing in any of your videos? You have there. There I... have been. Oh, you really? gotta watch my videos. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna need you to cite your sources there, sir, because no. I'm, I'm a regular viewer. I, now, now I, I want to send recall. people on on the deep dive. I need as many video oh, hits okay. as I can get, Adam. <laughs> Go look <laughs> for them. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, but but uh, on, on top of that, you know, like where where guys like Fisher, I think, is a consummate storyteller. For me, I was really most effective at casting being able to put a collection of actors together or doing um, the directing to kind of gel an ensemble yeah. was really where my yeah. strength lied. And that's that's where I found some, some success out here on the West Coast. And I think my wife and I, we developed some pretty decent reputations for being in the know on what projects nice. were going on and what, um, you know, especially in the voiceover community, uh, what what sort of the the trend of the time was for me a little bit more on uh, commercial work for her a little bit more on video game work, so mm. the um the 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 sort of expression of that kind of went hand in hand with sort of a natural engineering aptitude because voiceover is one of those incredible technical arts and to be able to direct it requires the ability to manipulate audio and acoustic hardware while also paying attention to the artistic expression of the performer, being able to capture it in a way where there is no distraction, um, mm -hmm. and, and managing all of that in real time. You're constantly balancing left and right brain aptitudes. And so naturally, when YouTube started becoming a thing and we started trying to create content online, there's like a natural flavor for being able to staple some of those disciplines together. I'm definitely yeah. more a nuts and bolts kind of guy. I don't really care if I'm trying to create the most cinematically artistic, perfectly beautifully manicured, edited piece of content, but I still want to achieve a conversation with as few distracting elements as I can manage within a specific period of time. And then I got to say, yeah. hey, phone, get out of my booth. I need to move on to the next thing. So it's still a part right. of my makeup, you know, like churn churn this next thing out, get it done. It's okay, don't let perfect be the enemy of accomplished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very, very familiar with that concept. And actually, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the churn because one thing that I kind of had in the back of my head that I wanted to bring up with you mm -hmm. was, you know, as I mentioned, uh, this is this beyond, episode of Beyond a Doubt is going to be the last of season three right. before the show goes on hiatus. And typically, and, and when I say typically, you know, there have been two other hiatuses. So, like, it's not a Fair. real large sample size. But, uh, you know, typically the reason the show goes on hiatus is because I'm going out of out of town. Like, in this particular case, I'm going out of town. And I just won't, like, physically won't be able to create a podcast. And, you know, over, over the winter break, there's not a hell of a lot going on anyway, so whatever. Uh, but, you know, this time, especially at the end of season three, a little inside baseball, I have been the churn of the weekly podcast has been particularly trying. And, you know, obviously I have like, I have major career things going on in the background having, mm -hmm. you know, been section editor for digital trends, now section editor for, for XDA. Yeah. And so there's just it's, like it's a, a ton it's a of a lot to juggle there. when we're talking about this kind of multi when, when, when our, our mortgages are being paid from a, right. a, an army of smaller revenue streams 
It's a lot of balls <laughs> to keep up in the air. It's it a lot of juggling. It is. Um, but anyway, so like, and I, and I, and I, I'm certain that's part of it, but like, man, these last few weeks and, and I've talked to Cliff about this, you know, in our, in our, in our Slack, but it's just like, man, this has been a grind and the hiatus is coming at just like the perfect time <laughs> yeah. to just take a month off and, you know, forget this podcast exists. So I want to talk to you because I, I, as far as I know, you don't take hiatuses, hiatus, I, you just kind of keep on trucking. Like, how do you, how do you keep up that pace? And is it because of the army of uh, sources paying your mortgage? I mean, is it yeah, kind of I mean, in, or like... in, in part, it's also an obsessive personality and an obsessive collector's mentality that Fair I don't want to say no to things. <laughs> but it's, it's also just kind of a momentum thing. It's it takes a lot of energy to get the energy up when I'm in a low energy state, when I'm okay. constantly in the throng of it. I can maintain the momentum, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm using okay. really, really bad, like physics metaphors here, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, an object in, in, <laughs> in motion. Um, so this podcast is nothing if it doesn't misrepresent science. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm in good company. Um, so yeah. when, when I'm trying to put stuff together, I, I'm I'm really genuinely trying to find those things that get me excited that get, that I'm I know I'm going to have fun with, and those get stapled to all of the stuff that also is necessary for paying the bills. And I, I it's always a beautiful intersection when they line up. But you know mm -hmm. we've got articles and we've got videos and we've got scripts that we need to produce that like I think this is a cool topic. This isn't like my burning passion. Um, you know, like I just finished a trio of videos with Vivo, and the first video. You know, it's kind of the surface level, just kind of like, here are all the modes on this camera. By the third video, right. I, I really did kind of push for for Vivo and their PR to say, like, I want to do something that's proper nerd math. And that's the video I've obviously, like, if you watch the, all three of those videos, like, video one is very, hey, let's just do this. It's kind of cut and dry, very simple. Video two is like, Juan's yeah. starting to perk up a little bit. And by video three, it's like, Juan <laughs> is geeking out. Um <laughs> So, so that that's kind of like what you what you aim for, what you live for. Like I'm in pre-pro uh, pre uh, for chatting with reviews.org to look at how we're going to change up some of our coverage. Um, I'm trying to work nice. with Tashaka on how do we spread out uh, sort of gadget reviews. How do we make them more interesting for for people to find? Because I think you know tech as entertainment is definitely waning. There's kind of an apathy to uh, to premium tier tech, and I think a lot of people are kind of missing out on some stuff that they would really like, but you go and you watch these videos and you're like, oh, well, this guy isn't very interested in it. And he seems to think that, like, you should just buy a Samsung or just buy an iPhone and that's the only thing worth recommending, and that's not really true. Um, at the right. same time, I've just started up doing some work with Slick Deals, and so there's a fun kind of, oh. you know, aggressive shopper mentality there that I haven't mm -hmm. been as much a part of. I used to host for Newegg, so there's always been yeah. some retail in this. Like I came out of commercial voiceover. If you sell products, that's like the whole point of your existence in <laughs> in trying to cast those product uh, projects. Um, yeah. But Slick Deals is like a completely different animal from the sort of like, hmm. hey, cool, we're Newegg, we're gonna build this PC, and don't you want a new graphics card? Where Slick Deals is like, we save seventy three cents on this portable display, and it's the best deal. And if you can find a better deal, we'll cut you. You know, like it's it's. <laughs> Such a different community. It's amazing. I love like kind of jumping into that because it's a totally fresh, um, it's a totally fresh experience on something that I was 
somewhat familiar with in the past. Yeah. So so my you brother's just kinda, a big slick deals guy. Oh, God, I mean, like they they take that bargain hunting so seriously, and it's exciting because the people behind the scenes are in it. Like you can meet some new egg executives and they're like, yeah, well, we really appreciate what those gamers are out there doing. And you can hear they have they are discussing their clientele with sort of an arm's distance approach. Whereas right, like right. the slick dealers that I've met behind the scenes, they are like they are taking advantage of those deals as aggressively as their as their uh, as their clientele audience or their yeah exactly reading, yeah their audience so yeah. so i i just i can't really fathom any other way to be it's just becoming more and more apparent especially as i'm starting to get a little older um the current churn rate that i'm operating at is probably unsustainable and at some point <laughs> i will have to i will have to kind of narrow just a bit but YouTube isn't going to force me to do it. Facebook, I've made irrelevant. I've loved the collaborations that I've been working on. So until something kind of significant um, interrupts what's going on, then for the time being, I'm going to keep trying to keep as many balls in the air as I can. If it's a podcast, then the podcast only doesn't broadcast unless there's something catastrophic. If I've completely lost right. my voice, if I'm sick, or if like, you know, the power goes out and I just genuinely cannot sustain an internet connection, that's the only right. time the podcast takes a break. If it's videos that I'm working on, I, I might be writing, shooting, cutting, and producing a full video all in one day. If that's what it mm. takes to kind of get this part of the story out, then that's the story I want to tell. And until something massive changes, that's probably how we're going to be for, for the foreseeable future. Do you have like specific goals as to like the the uh, like the number of videos you want to make in a given week or the number of collaborate? It's just kind of like whatever yeah. comes along. I, I mean, it really it really has been. Um, like yeah. right now, if I'm looking at my calendar for the videos I want to do, I'm not saying I'll be able to achieve all of this, but I'm booked through the middle of August. Oh, and you so, made time for me? Yeah. So <laughs> well, I mean, we ha we had to plan it out a little in advance, but yeah, um, we did. We did. We, we definitely did. <laughs> um, so the uh, the I've I've never been very good at that. Uh, if something comes up, I want to talk about it. I want to make a video on it, or I want to write an article about it. I'm gonna do it. And and really, yeah. it's it's not a good way to run a YouTube channel. Um, YouTube wants you to have a regular schedule, only talking about the trendiest of trending topics, and that's how you're successful on YouTube now. But I came from the right. old wild crazy days of YouTube, where like kind of the randomness was appreciated. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to make those videos knowing that YouTube isn't really going to share them um, as consistently. I still get regular replies from people saying like, hey, I smashed the bell icon, but like YouTube hasn't notified me about any of your videos for the last month. I've been putting out a lot of videos, so there's definitely <laughs> been an interrupt there or yeah. a disconnect there. Um, but, but it's also, oh, that's YouTube. what helps. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a whole other hour that we could spend on this, um, but but just an hour. It's through that. It's through that vibrance, and it's through that kind of randomness. Not knowing exactly, like if you gave me a slate of videos and said, like, "Hey, this is what your schedule is like," and it's kind of what burned me out at Pocket now, with the way that we were trying to produce content back when I was there. Um, it's like if I know too far out ahead. And I'm trying to fit this like schedule with those kinds of deadlines, then it just burns me out. 
If, if there's yeah. some random element that can shake up my day from time to time, I don't know what's coming. Maybe it's going to be this cool controller with a fan on the back. You know, that was fresh. That just interrupted the, the sort of ponderous idea of how much work is ahead of me. And I can knock out a quick little video on this and it cleanses my palate and it gets me back into some of the longer term focus that I want to spend on some of these other products that I need those sort of interrupting reset points so that I can stay on longer track for some of the things that I need to do. Interesting. So it's kind of like, um, like, uh, almost a little, little bit of ADD there just because like you see, you yeah. get distracted and it kind of resets things. I, I totally get that. Like yeah. I, I relate to that. It's actually one of the reasons why I'm, um, up until probably about 18 months ago, I was terrible working at home because I would have these like internal conversations and like obviously not not about content, but like I would, <laughs> you know, be like, oh, my I, I tweeted this like a few months ago, but I'm like, oh, my my feet are cold. So I get up and go get a pair and go try to grab a pair of socks and oh the dogs need to be fed okay so i feed the dogs and then like oh the, the dog's water bowl is disgusting i should wash that out so yeah. i wash it out and i go come back to my desk and i think oh my feet are cold <laughs> so it's just it's the uh the kind of the add um the lifestyle so um so so when it comes to like when it comes to the i know you have i i know you have a uh I don't, I don't want to say a dislike, but I know you mm -hmm. tend to shy away from the traditional paths of the tech media field, the Samsungs and the Apples and the yada, yada, yada. Like, what what's what's a small company that excites you that nobody's talking about right now? I, I mean, that I think that's the thing I want to get away from. Motorola isn't a small company. They're making some of the best phones they've ever made. OnePlus is a small label under a ginormous umbrella corporation, they're making some okay. of the best phones they've ever made. Um, I, I'm putting out this afternoon, uh, where did I put it? My desk is way too cluttered. Uh, the ZTE. <laughs> you know, this was a phone uh, a phone company is that... The that 40? Um, yeah, this is the Axon 40. I mean, I've been okay. a fan since the Axon 7. Like, I have an Axon 7 pretty easily within reach. Um, I think this is an interesting kind of comeback for the North American market from a company that was kicked out of this space. TCL has been putting out some of the best stuff they've ever done. And then looking at international markets, like Vivo's game is incredible right now. I still, I mean, like, I absolutely love playing with um, my duos as specialty devices. We just got another 700 megabyte update to the, to the Duo 2 which is some of the best software I've ever seen in Android land when we're taking a more tablet-y focus. So my, I love my, that my composition issue, notebook skin on there, by the way. That's yeah, awesome. I, my Duo One, I, you know, I actually do kind of like the form factor of the Duo One better, so I often have it handy. And again, the updates for the Duo One have been phenomenal too. So yeah. my, my, my approach to all of this is really to try and chip away at this notion of indomitability because Apple and Samsung spend the most on marketing. And Apple and Samsung have largely built the, the sort of brand cachet that they have through some fairly bullying kinds of tactics. Apple is all about breaking standards and forcing you to buy more expensive proprietary solutions. And Samsung was just an outright bully. They would make fun of Apple. They would make fun of Apple employees. And they would make fun of Apple customers and in very mm -hmm. unkind ways. And so there's a contingent yeah. of Samsung that I feel 
When you spend as much on marketing as all of the combined brands of Procter and Gamble every year, <laughs> Samsung spends more marketing their image than most phone companies do on their entire smartphone business. But that right. doesn't mean those solutions are lesser than. That just means right. they haven't saturated the marketing when in Android, we actually are flush with competition. There's this notion mm -hmm. that they're not. But Sony, Sony is the most profitable their smartphone business has been in years. That's an That's acceptable awesome. solution in this market. And in, instead, yeah. we've got an army of YouTubers that fall back on this popularity idea. It doesn't matter what the phone can do. It doesn't matter what the performance to the price is. It just matters, does the label make it worth it for you to consider spending your money, your time, and your attention on this? And all of these brands have something unique to offer. So I, I feel we've done a major disservice in the tech community by riding the hype train because that's how you make the most money on YouTube. If you make right. videos for the largest audiences, you get more views and that makes you more money. Um, so if, if a YouTuber whose audience is predominantly Samsung picks up a Pixel, they're not really reviewing the Pixel, they're telling an audience of Samsung owners why they were smart to not buy the Pixel. That's the tone of the video that you get. So there really mm. aren't small brands. I mean, if you think about the enormous logistical challenge of getting a product into someone's hands, that takes an army and an infrastructure to, to accomplish. It's kind of like in the movie industry, like even a terrible movie, they finished a movie. <laughs> like there's something so <laughs> mind-boggling amazing that you, you get a couple people together, you start putting words on paper, you start shooting it, you edit it, you package it, you produce it, you find distribution for it. And then at the end of the day, someone can watch it. Like yeah. that, that's, that's insane. That, that really is almost impossible. And I feel a smartphone is almost the same, <laughs> especially in 2022 it, yeah. with all of the logistic and distribution challenges. And yet here I'm sitting on my desk, like I'm sitting in front of a mountain of phones that are some of the most amazing portable communication and compute, pocket compute devices the world has ever seen. And so many of the other videos of them have been like, I mean, it's good, I guess, but is it special enough? It just doesn't do anything special for me. And you're like, if I could just reach through my computer monitor and just shake the crap out of you for a minute, just a minute, um, that would that would kind of help me feel better um, about the rest of my day. So Let's, it, it, um... it, to me, oh, the excitement, sorry, yeah. short yeah. story, incredibly long. To me, the excitement is, <laughs> can I, two things, can I find any audience who might appreciate what this thing can do. It might be three people in Poughkeepsie, but those three people will have the exact perfect experience using this product. I don't care if it's the most popular. I care that it satisfies someone's needs. And two, does it really live up to the marketing claims of the manufacturer? I don't believe Samsung and Apple for as much as they spend on marketing. I don't believe their products really live up to the giant aspirational claims of $10 billion a year in marketing. But then you get like a Moto and the Moto's like, hey, be more productive. And you're like, wow, not only did that Moto crush their marketing, it's like the expectations were so low, it radically yeah. exceeded what I thought this thing would be able to do. So, so that to me is way more fun. I, I don't want to sit here and keep like being a PR arm 
for a company that's already successful when I don't believe they're putting their best work out there. I want to find who would really benefit, who would specifically love what this other product might have to offer. And they're not going to hear that story told on a YouTube channel that has to follow the trendiest of trendy topics. Yeah. Let's uh, let's transition. You mentioned TCL. I am yeah. in the middle of my review period for the TCL Stylus 5G. Do you have do you happen to have that phone? Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just uh okay, you're, you're enthusiastically holding up it's the great. TCL. It's 250 yeah. bucks and it kicks the crap out of Stylo 6. I mean like th- th- there is such a lovely Where's my stylo? I have my stylo here too. You know, there's a crew of, of low-cost consumers and people that are shopping at MVNOs that were ride or die on the stylo. We have completely underestimated the fan base of inexpensive phones. Like, this is a phone I got for $140 brand new on Boost Mobile back in the day. So then yeah. you turn around and you see, like, what TCL has been able to accomplish for 250 bucks full MSRP, which means you will never pay 250 bucks for that phone. That phone will be given to you for free. Yeah, basically. For the free phone, this is remarkable hardware. Like, it's yeah. so good. And when you find that person who, like, I don't care about this high performance, I'm not going to be doing this kind of gaming, which supposedly average consumers who don't do things on their phones, why are we talking about average on $1,000 phones when this TCL stylus exists and it crushes at 250 bucks? It is so good. It is performant. It's got a great screen. It's got excellent battery life. It's got a built-in stylus silo for people who like to jot down notes. It's performant yeah. enough if you want to play like Candy Crush kinds of games. Super great for that. I mean, it is so exciting to be able to pick up something purpose-built. And it makes a strong argument for why you would maybe want that over a two-year-old flagship when you start looking at things like battery life. Because a two-year-old flagship mm-hmm. isn't going to deliver this kind of battery life with the exception of maybe an LG V60. Um, yeah. We, we, you know, battery life is a feature, right? <laughs> if you talk it's to your family the, It's friends, one of the first things to go, too, yeah. If you talk to your family, do they need 15% more CPU premium core performance in heavy lifting applications? Or do they well, want 20% more runtime? Right. No, totally. (laughs) And so, (laughs) first of all, literally, legitimately, they will be happier with the battery life. They're not going to care about the CPU compute if we're talking average. Um, Mm -hmm. So already, that's already the better product for them. Not not product for price. It's just better. It's better for them to have that battery life. And then the frosting on that delicious cake of battery life is, oh, (laughs) and it's going to be a third the price of like... An S22. Right. And well, then and they not get even the S22 really Ultra, where you get the, where you also get the stylus. So yeah, you're, what, what's the math there? Uh, about a quarter of the price for the yep. S22 Ultra. So, <clears throat> but I mean, personally, I've found, I mean, like, from from a performance standpoint, like you mentioned, you know, it can definitely do the Candy Crush. I can't even get Call of Duty Mobile to open on it, which I have found to be, a little unusual, uh, you know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's for a Dimensity a very, 700. Yeah, that's not a very ha- high-powered game. It's not like, oh, what's the one that I should play that I don't, that everybody uses for performance oh, testing? Oh, Genshin? Yeah, yeah so. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do... I don't, I don't do running around anime girl combat 
games. It was uh, Genshin. It was uh, what was the other one that was hot for a minute? Um, Honkai, Hon Honkai. Miss that one. Impact or something. I think it's the same Missed developer. I don't know oh, okay. because it's not really my jam. Uh, <laughs> right. But right. but again, I, I mean, like, this is a phone that can play Dead Cells. Do you want a great indie platformer, um, a, a PC port that can actually, you know, it, it can play it up almost as smooth as a Nintendo Switch. Um, this mm -hmm. is a phone that does okay with arcadey twin stick shooters. This is a phone that actually does okay with even something a bit more graphically demanding like Thumper, which was originally built for PlayStation VR. Yeah. Like, we're, we're trying to put this in perspective. Like, sure, first-person shooter Call of Duty. That's not gaming. That's one game. Um, Genshin Impact. Yes, that is a very graphically demanding title that people love to show right. for benchmarks because it can cause a phone to climb to, like, 130 degrees Fahrenheit. Cool. And and then go cry in a corner. And yes. then, yeah, oh, my, it burned the tips of my fingers off. I no longer have fingerprints. Great. But when we right. talk about mobile gaming... Hey, that is I'm, valuable. <laughs> depending on... <laughs> um, just saying. I just yeah. Again, I almost went to another like Batman metaphor. This man has no fingerprints and he's committing crimes. Um, but but when we look at why mobile gaming and the revenue in mobile gaming has eclipsed PC and console gaming combined, it's not on the back of Call. Of, I mean, actually, quite a bit of that probably is Call of Duty. It probably is. Yeah. But there's a it's huge from the Candy Crush swath and from of the, yeah. There's a huge spectrum of gaming, and again, just like I'm I'm saying, like, hey, I don't want to get fixated on two brands of smartphone manufacturers. It's the same token. I don't want to just be lit up about Fortnite. You know, there are so many other right. games and experiences and titles. I've got a Steam Deck. Let me tell you about some mobile gaming. I've got this really awesome portable controller with a fan built into it. This is, yeah. th there's so many other experiences to share. And when you pick up a $250 phone and it's punching above what you would expect from $250 phone gaming, I think that's yeah. the more important story is the stylus is playing arcadey, it's playing indie, it's paying, playing gem swap, gem swap and puzzlers. I mean, maybe my, my daughter, her chill time is Monument Valley. She's six. I don't want anything too okay. hyper and overstimulating. She can jam on a stylus. <laughs> like, she's not going to perceive any difference in Monument Valley on a stylus over a $1,500 phone. It is the same right. game, the same experience to her. So I feel like that's that's really where we, we need to kind of focus our conversations is, is like, what is the mm -hmm. expectation? The person who I'm excited about the stylus for probably doesn't have Call of Duty on their radar in the slightest. Fair. Uh, it, it, it's such Fair a point. tiny Venn diagram overlap, like the circles touch, but they don't really overlap on people that are really looking at like competitive Fortnite and then also want a stylus-enabled productivity phone to get work done. Ten people? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many people that is, but I can't imagine that's huge, especially when you can then turn around and go pick up a Black Shark 4 or a Poco F3 or a Poco F4. I mean, some of these other yeah. really inexpensive, high-performance, trigger-enabled phones and do so, 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 so much better for that kind of uh, compute workload. Yeah. So um, we, we actually have a question from the audience. I don't know if you want to field this on Oh, uh, sorry. Or Real not, quick. Darren Mitchell gonna... nailed it. Honkai Impact 3. That was the, ah, the, the okay. precursor to where we're all at with, with Genshin. Sorry. I just, gotcha. Darren nailed it. 
So I'm just going to toss this out there just to, uh, you know, may as well may as well be a service podcast and, and answer sure. the question. F- will we be seeing an updated video in relation to the Surface Duo 2 after the recent June update to see so how good. the device has come along since launch? And I know uh, several other creators have um, have up- done updated reviews of yeah. the of the Duo um, in relation to a lot of these updates that have rolled out. So are we going to see one from you? And then, by the way, I have some questions of, of, of yeah. my own for you. To, to, to answer ER1980 there, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I was okay. really planning on doing a Surface, a, a Duo 1, Duo 2 follow-up with the last major patch that came out. Because, again, I mean, what the Duos do is kind of incredible. They have to break Android in really interesting ways to get this additional functionality. And so I completely appreciate people who were like, oh, this Duo 1 software is garbage. And you're like, yeah, at lunch, at lunch, it was pretty rough. But like what they do right. now is now the backbone of what we're going to see coming into Android 12L and Android 13. I, I yeah. really had planned on doing a follow-up for the last big patch. I am planning on doing some kind of follow-up for this patch. I genuinely don't know if it's going to be a video or if it's going to be an, a written article uh, kind of discussing some of yeah. that stuff. But, I mean, again, it's where I'm happy to point out a dude like Scary If Literal, his duo coverage has been second to none. And I feel his clapbacks Excellent. on lazy reviewers is right in line with my snarky tone on people that dismiss products without really, like, living them. Um, I, I would handily point people to check out what he's doing currently, and I'm hoping that I can join that conversation with a bit more earnest. I need people to believe it's the primary Android tablet experience I've always wanted. I think it does such mm. a good job of multitasking, and it does it by hardware design. That is a very specific kind of conversation. If you're the person who yeah. wants to do one thing at a time on a bigger screen, the Duo is obviously it's not, not for, you. for you. If you want right. to do multiple things at the same time, like I'm constantly streaming video and playing games on a Duo because mm-hmm. it's brilliant at that. Right. Then right. that's that's the hook. You know, if you want to have, if I'm writing a script on my little folding Bluetooth keyboard while I'm traveling, I can keep my spreadsheet of performance benchmarks up on one panel, and I can start writing my script in the other, and it's brilliant. When oh, you yeah. are trying yeah. to do more, dual display, in my opinion, is still superior to a folding screen. If you just want R. a R. larger LG. canvas, yeah, RIP LG, absolutely. Um, although, if you can still score, like, a Velvet with the dual display case, I, I yeah. saw Velvets on Swappa going for, like, 130 bucks. So the dual display go. case is going to be probably almost $100 more than the phone itself at this that's point. Funny. <laughs> but that's, funny. Y- that's, that's what we're in for. I mean, like, you genuinely have two fantastic phone displays with stylus support, with a memory card, with a headphone jack, and you can flip that phone out and go and plug it in for a true desktop mode. There literally is nothing at 140 bucks, 130 bucks that can yeah. touch an LG Velvet anywhere in the market for just raw yeah. capability. So again, sorry, uh, get, getting getting real long-winded. Um, <laughs> short answer, yes. Longer answer, I don't know in what capacity, but you gotta believe me, the Duo software has been flipping phenomenal over the last couple nice. of months. It's just been such a joy uh, to play with dual display. 
I actually just moved back into it um, as a secondary device to the TCL yeah. uh, stylus. So um, I'm looking forward to trying that out because I haven't I haven't really uh, gotten into it. Funny story, actually, I moved my Garmin <clears throat> over to over to uh, uh, the new phone once I once I moved in, and the next day, so I I set up all my folders in the TCL stylus. Like, because mm-hmm. I obsessively folder everything. And the only way to really create folders on the stylus is to actually create folders in the app launcher and then drag that folder out onto the main display. I did not like that at all. But I especially didn't like it when the day after I did that, all my folders were gone. And like, it was basically as if the phone had reset itself and not happy about that. Yeah, anyway, that's, so that's I went lame. to go. <clears throat> I went to go set up my Garmin or I went to wear my Garmin and like open the Garmin software on the TCL. And like the Garmin is just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What, what, what watch? I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it got rid of that too. And I'm like, I went through the whole pairing process again. I'm mm-hmm. like, I did this. I know I did this. It turns out I did it on the duo, not the uh, TCL stylus. <laughs> so that's how I, that's Nerd. how I found it out. But, but yeah, let, let me, let me tell you, and for anyone out here, you know, everyone out stupidest, here watching and listening stupidest here, problem that, anybody should ever have. No, but see, that's just it. It's like, I need people, People to understand that I am a tech reviewer and the lived in experience, like how miserably painful it is to swap a watch because we've got to do that every week. I don't I get the luxury. And again, poor pity party for us reviewers, right? Getting to play right. with all this cool tech. Right. But I don't get the same luxury of being able to kind of live into a gadget as much. And that's why my videos take so much longer to finish because yeah. Yeah. I want to get a sense of it. I don't want to just do, mm-hmm. well, on embargo week, the software was incomplete. Don't buy this phone, buy a Sam Apple. You know, like we need nice. to do more than that. But the reality of that is like every 15 minutes that I spend trying to repair a watch is time I'm not using another product or writing a script or shooting or editing or something else. So that's why my videos yeah. often have the lowest production values because I've got to squeeze that time out somewhere else. Somewhere, I have, yep. I have time to give you the prettiest panning shots from my nice mirrorless camera out on really beautiful locations because I'm using the phone out on location <laughs> and I've got to figure out something to talk about uh, more than just, isn't it really cinematically depth of field blurry? It's pretty. Preach, preach brother. Right? I hear you. Okay, <laughs> so speaking of 15 minutes, I've got about 15 minutes left in my working lunch here that I need to uh, squeeze in. Now, the uh, I have ended every uh, Beyond a Doubt in Season 3 with a series of kind of rapid-fire questions that Uh-oh. I completely forgot to send you before... <laughs> We're doing it live. We're doing it live. The show. So, yeah, and, and, and like I usually give people the option, do you want to see the questions ahead of time or not? And... It's been about 50-50, so I think we'll be okay. Um, I can can wing it. Let's go. Yeah, so I think we're going to have to wing it here. Sorry if there's anything in here that you just, like, don't want to answer. Oh, I'll let you know. Don't worry about that. Okay, so we got about 10 minutes left, so let's bang through these. First question. Uh, First of all, look at the camera, say your name, and your outlet. Hi, I am Juan Carlos Bagnell, a.k.a. some gadget guy who can be found on somegadgetguy.com and patreon.com slash somegadgetguy. Excellent. And we will talk about that. We'll talk about that again at the end. Um, and again, only about 50% of the people that I've asked this have actually done that. So that's fine. <laughs> Do it. Uh, first right, question. question. 
Are you a roamer, or do you have one set location for work? Oh, I'm I'm all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I, the the whole point of what I do is to try and show you can do anything anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is definitely on brand for you. <laughs> um, what's the last song or artist you listen to while working? Uh, um, it, it's funny because of Stranger Things, Kate Bush. <laughs> Okay. All right. Came back. I've been on a and went proper retro. Before that, I was jamming a lot on Lord. Um, Solar okay. Power is that's legit. So much better than it has any right to be for <laughs> you know singer songwriter girl and guitar. It's very musically clever. I've lost all cool cred. Just admitting that I, I really like that album, but I gotta right. I gotta no, be that... I gotta be real on that. That's fair. I've been on a Gravity Kills kick myself. Oh, dude. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Anyway, uh, what is one word that a PR person can put into an email subject that gets an insta-delete? Ah, man. I, you know, really it's more... I don't, I don't know about one word. I don't think I've got a good answer for that. It's whether or not it seems like it's a chain letter. Maybe interview opportunity. I, I okay. typically don't spend... And it's not because I think that's bad form or anything. It's just I don't really do a lot of interviews on my channel. Fair enough. Which means they don't know my channel, which means it's kind of a waste of time. Oh, what a professional segue you just did. What's one thing you wish all PR people knew about you or your content? Oh man, I, uh, I I am flying by the seat be... of my pants. Like, okay, what you know, one is not a well? Yes, let's slow down and consider the application and the production, and let's get script approvals, and let's spend a lot of time doing. You know, like, I, I I'm oh, constantly okay. trying to faster write, cut, shoot, produce, and sometimes that can rub PR the wrong way because they're they're trying to create a more manicured or crafted conversation about their products legit okay all right and speaking of which how long do you take to write a proper review and that's from the time you open the box to the time you push publish i don't feel comfortable i mean i have and i've definitely done this i think we all have you know we've taken our shortcuts i really don't feel comfortable calling something a review if i haven't been around it for about a month Oh, shit. Okay. And so more <laughs> often than not, especially with the current slate, like so many really cool phones have come out recently. Almost all of these videos are videos. Very right. few of them are reviews. I just put out another Sony. My experiences with the new Xperia 1 Mark IV were on a prototype. I cannot in good conscience call anything on call a prototype a review. And yet yeah. I still want to talk about camera performance and audio performance and all those benchmarks that I love to run with a giant, huge banner disclaimer, this is not what the retail phone might resemble. I, I, but that means it's not a review because the, the actual consumer experience won't look like what I got to experience. Right. Of course. Of course. Okay. I mean, <laughs> my record's three days, but uh, yeah, and the TCL Again, 10 stylus. So, so I mean, but... like, I, I'm looking at the TCL. I haven't put out a video on it yet. I mean, I got it right. in that for that kind of influencer batch. We're going to be going on a week before um, I'll even feel comfortable putting a video down. Now, I yeah. might call that a review because I feel 
the experience of that is a little bit more narrowed and focused. And I think I can bring something to that conversation. So I'm not going to yeah. run a month before I talk uh, about stylus in a review, but that's a, that's a very specific kind of conversation. I pick up an X80 Pro. There is so much going on with that phone. Indeed. Anyone who put out Indeed. a review under the embargo week, I don't think they're very good at their jobs. I think they are they are overly abbreviating what the lived-in experience is going to feel like for someone who's looking to spend a thousand dollars on a phone in markets where they don't have the same kind of carrier relationships for subsidizing phone prices and payment plans. Yeah. I feel like that deserves a little <laughs> more consideration. A little harsh, but okay, we'll go with it. Uh so, oh, um, that's my has, gig, though. I know that is that's on brand for you, Juan. Has there ever been a product that you received and tested that was ultimately so bad that you decided not to review it? And without naming names, if possible, what was it? Um, it, you know, it, it's it's not that it's so bad. Um, the Xiaomi watch, the I'm sorry, no, the Poco watch has been sitting on my desk in varying states of inoperability of, okay. of not being operable and that's mostly just an issue with regions and is that the new me uh, me band no 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 no, no, no. this no, is the poco watch yeah it's the, oh it's, the poco watch it's okay. basically okay. the cousin i mean we know xiaomi and me and sure. poco and all those brands kind yeah. of share a part spin and i feel bad because i would love to talk about this as a fitness tracker but i've had numerous issues trying to get it paired up with the xiaomi um or the poco account process and mm. that's where i can't really contribute to a conversation as a western reviewer because it's not made for us um it's right. it's more often those kinds of situations but it's still like i'll get a pair of cheap earbuds and you're like man i can't do anything with this I, I, if i make a video it's just going to be me trashing this video uh, trashing this product and, right. and also like but to what purpose i also don't expect that a ton of people are really looking at you know, buying your product regardless. So I, I try to be yeah. judicious when um, I have an expectation on who would be harmed by me not putting out a review <laughs> on a product. Right. I, I feel like at a certain point, you're almost kind of doing them a favor by not putting out a, a review. Well, where you're, I, I worry that yeah. I don't have a huge audience. Like I, I don't have, I'm not on a million subscriber channel, but I worry like, if I make a video on this, will it even just call attention enough to the product that maybe someone would buy it? Oh, well, you know, Gadget Guy said he didn't like this about these earbuds, but they're only 20 bucks on Amazon. Maybe I'll take them for a spin. And for me, okay. that, that's like, I, that's why I'm saying it's, it's, you got to be really careful. I feel like if I come out hard against a product that I think underperforms, I, I really want to know that I'm doing a service to a community, not that I'm just panning a product. And part of panning a product also brings more attention to the product. So yeah. it's a very delicate balance. I'd much rather, and, and again, this kind of comes from the PR. If I can have a conversation with the PR and say like, hey, there's something going on here and I can't yeah. talk about this you know, until we can maybe see if it's just my unit or if it's something systemic, then I mm -hmm. feel like I'm in good company. If, if I don't get any reply from the, the PR or from the manufacturer, then I bounce the product. If they're not willing to okay. entertain a conversation, then there's no point in me talking about a, right. a, an underperforming product just to draw more attention to their to their company. Totally get it. 
Uh, all right, and this one is actually very apropos for you. Do you prefer producing written content, audio content, or video content? Yes. And why? All of it. <laughs> now you got to pick one. Got to pick nope. one. Uh, because, nope. uh, I mean, genuinely, every bit of it is is related to everything else. If you catch my channel, I don't make videos in a vacuum. If I bring up, you know, a, a duo, unfortunately, it's my unique and singular perspective on the duo, which is informed by all of the other videos that I've made on duos and dual screen phones. And I can't okay. in one video sum all of that up. So if I'm writing a script for a video, that is almost identical to me writing an article for a text publication, yeah. which is almost identical for me sharing my thoughts over an audio podcast. They all go hand in hand in hand. And so it's really some gadget guy is, is legitimately one unbroken chain of content and conversation. Oh, okay. And, and okay. I totally appreciate that makes my channel less accessible. Like it makes my conversations less accessible because I'll, I'll shortcut. I'm not going to sit here and yeah. read off all the specs on the Pixel just so that you can have pretty B-roll and words on your screen. I trust that you can read and you can go and look that up yourself. So we jump immediately into a topic, and that seems to off-put some people that I'm not like, let me hold your hand through all of the low-level basic stuff. And that's the audience gotcha. I want to talk to. I, you know, like it's like you got your favorite show. You're really into Star Trek. You want to sit down at the table and be like, oh, my God, did you see the last episode? Let me tell you about this and what was going on there. And, oh, yeah, Prime Directive. You don't want to have to, like, oh, well, to understand this, let's go all the way back to 1968. <laughs> you know? Like, you want right. to get into it. And so that's what... Let me what, explain what the Enterprise is. Right? The Star Trek <laughs> Enterprise. You know? Like, no, no, right. no, no. Starship. Starship. Say Starship. Um, right. But but that's that's unfortunately what my part in all of this has become it, like I've got to abbreviate some of that exposition so I'm just gonna have to trust that people maybe might be interested in seeing some of my older videos and if they're not then they've got to jump in I'm throwing them into the deep end we're just gonna go let's just go all right so let's just go um influencers <laughs> here to stay or bubble waiting to burst oh uh here to stay but uh, definitely do a market correction what what okay. we what we badge as social media and influence is crazy overvalued, and we're absolutely seeing it in the tech space. Like even major channels, their viewership is down. I have to believe revenue is down for a lot of people. Um, so many of these content creators have have added additional content like podcasts where they have a bit more control over their own platforms. Danger Will Robinson changing times. Um, but that's also an opportunity to, I feel, kind of reset and come back to a core audience who values this as a hobby like I do. If it's just the label, well, you're basically just running a, a fancy purse channel. You know, this purse was more expensive, and it shows that I spent more money on it, so that's why this purse is gooder than another purse. Um, right. There's, I there's, love those channels. I mean, right? I mean, it's so satisfying. I go by those things. I, I can't make a video for that person, but I've noticed that there is kind of a circling effect, a constricting effect on people that, you know, the, I, I'm talking to a huge audience of North Americans that are likely never going to get their hands on a Vivo, but they're still intellectually curious about what this phone can do that the current options they, they have available can't do. And that's the person yeah. I want to talk to. Like, I, I want to talk to the person who is into this, not just wanting to be a part of the most popular club. 
And so Fair enough. I, I don't really feel I've got influence. I feel like we're finding a healthier division of community that will appreciate those those sort of subtleties and those nuances. You want the big numbers, that's a different conversation. If you want to sit at the nerdy table in the back of the cafeteria and you want to like geek out on some stuff, that's where I feel the Welcome influencer. To channel. <laughs> well, no, I mean open arms. Come, <laughs> yeah. let's yeah, let's break absolutely. bread. It's going to be awesome. But I feel like that's where the influencer economy is headed. Right now, TikTok is the big pulse. Big numbers on TikTok. TikTok, 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 short form video, awesome. That means there's a huge opportunity for folks like me to focus our audience and still contribute to longer form discussion and narrative on these products because so many people who are just chasing the bigger payday and the bigger exposure are gonna go to short form. Awesome, go, go do that. I'm I'm kind of chill where I'm at right Get now. Get off my lawn. <laughs> I'm old enough. Like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go chase after those things. And I'm a good enough dancer that I don't need to do it for free. Damn right. All right. <laughs> two la- two more questions. First, uh, who's the first reviewer that you read slash listen to slash watch slash go to when reviews start to drop for a new product? And it's okay if you don't say me. <laughs> Well, but because I mean, no like, one ever, no, no one ever says me. Just for the record, no, Adam, uh, I can't say you because I kind of feel like we're cut from similar cloth, where we're almost never first. Do you know enough. what I mean? So, so it, it's enough. it's not through it's not through any any snark there. I mean, I always get around to your your thoughts on different products, but you're like me. It might be two or three weeks or a couple months after the thing is it launched. Might be and a I couple feel, of months later. Yep. I feel that's better. Um, I, there are a lot of people. Um, Man, there are too many people. Uh, obviously, I think my brother from another mother, TK Bay, A number one mm-hmm. with a bullet. I, I, there's just so much trust there. I've been working with that dude for, for long enough now that you, you cannot question his consistency, his integrity, and his thoughtfulness in what he brings to the table is second to none. He cares about getting the most out of every penny you put into your consumer electronics purchases. And in an era where that is a challenge and where people are struggling, his voice needs to be amplified tenfold. He is genuinely of the best people. Um, Lately, I've also really enjoyed uh, sort of the community of creators around uh, Eric, Easy Computer Solutions, Tech King Mike, uh, LaShawn, holler at your boy, Gadget Goddess, um, Barry. Barry Johnson is is a rising star in tech YouTube. He is considered and and methodical, and his vibe is so chill that it brings such a refreshing tone to the conversation. Um, I know and I'm you're not just people. saying that because he's watching. <laughs> oh, is 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 oh Barry is in the chat. Hey Barry, what's yeah, up? I haven't. I've, I've been trying to aim more at the camera. Uh, Barry, I just said a whole bunch of nice things about you. Um, and, and then also Scoop. <laughs> um, uh, Scoop is 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 a is a go to in part of that community just for talking about cameras and optics. Um, you know, I mean, it's like I'm really actively trying to stray from just mobile. So mm-hmm. for me, it's not just, you know, what's going to be entertaining. It's for who I feel is de- delivering consistent and valuable content for my time. Because I don't have a lot of time to watch this stuff. Um, I, I also would throw a shout out to the, to the guys over at DP Review. Digital Photography Review are making some of the best, most consistent, entertaining, collaborative content on cameras and optics that I've seen in a while. 
and it's not with the same kind of flair for everything we shoot is with the creamiest bokeh, bokeh, bokeh. It's a really fun dynamic between the two hosts that I think achieves a more nuanced conversation. And they're a little like what I like to do. They, they get a product, they'll give you a first look, and they will not call it a review. They refuse to call it a review until they see a firmware update or until they see some kind of longer lived-in experience. But then they also call back to their other videos. So when I do sit down for one of their reviews, I'm not being spoon-fed all of their first look information again. They trust that you saw the first look video, so let's just talk about what this has been like now that we're doing the full review. And I think it is such a small distinction. It's such a small nuance, but they trust their audience to go with them on longer term conversations. And that to me is, is critically valuable. I don't have five minutes for you to regurgitate what I've already seen you talk about. Please just tell me what you're getting into with this kind of stuff. And I think their videos are, are some of the most accomplished in the photography space right now. And then on, on top of that, they're genuinely just fun, likable, engaging hosts. So that's kind of my breakdown right now. If, if, if I'm doing anything in tech land, it's like TK, Barry, Eric, um, uh, Gadget Goddess, Kimmy, and then DP Review. That's kind of like my lead in on my YouTube channel. And then I've got hundreds of other channels that I'm subscribed to, to kind of fill in any of the other gaps on time and, uh, and yeah, it, it's a lot. Oh, Ike. Excellent. I almost forgot. Uh, Ike, Ike Talks Tech. His, his live streams have been great also. Again, just another, I think, uh, uh, a really shining contributor to a more nuanced tech conversation and really, really lovely with his audience interactions. Like he really gets into it with the people that follow his channel. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that was a that was a cornucopia. And actually, it's funny because we both adjusted our our, our yeah, ourselves sure. in our chair at the same time. So we both like both went up. And it was almost as if there was like a single single was, camera. But I was really starting um, to lean in there on, on like how many people I was talking about. No, it's it's yeah. really good. No, times. that like, was a just just like how a, we we don't want to put all our eggs in Samsung and Apple as manufacturers. I feel like YouTube focuses people towards like this channel has ten million subscribers. They must be more yeah. gooder. And you're yeah. missing such a vibrant and broad and international conversation about mm -hmm. what it's really like to dig into this stuff, especially as someone who's passionate about this as a lifestyle and a hobby. Um, there, there's incredible content going out literally every day yeah. around all of these people that are, are joining. You know, they might be on a small channel. And they're genuinely taking the time, the sweat, the energy, the blood, sweat, and tears to make this stuff. And it's good. And it's really good. Awesome. awesome. Well, I love it. And I will, I will I will, link to as many of those as I can in the show notes. Uh, just so uh, bring some uh, uh, bring Later, some I'll, I'll, I'll give you the whole rundown. I'll try and find channels give me, for give, Shoot me the list, baby. All right. Final question. If yes. you weren't working in this field, what would you be doing for a living? I, I'd probably be uh, still in casting. I really liked casting. Okay. It was it was fast. It was bloodthirsty. It was brutal. Mm -hmm. um, commercial casting. I found. I mean, I, I came out to L.A. to direct animation and then never made it to animation because commercials are visceral. If you, if you do a, a, a television show, 
you, you you know you get a group of people together and then they the producers get involved and the writers get involved and the directors get involved and then you do callbacks and then you do other screen tests and like it takes forever yeah I, in 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 2006 before all of this explosion of digital i had someone in my booth for a commercial i recorded their audition and on a whim i uploaded it to the server that we were using the um the client heard that audition over their lunch break before anyone else had submitted, just said, hey, we really like this guy. Let's just book him. So before okay. the audition had even really gone wide to all of the other casting houses and talent agencies, we already had an actor in the booth recording that for a television spot that I think made them uh, like high five figures, right? Nice. That is how insanely fast the game was in 2006. Commercials. I can't even imagine are, what it's like today. It's insane. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like, let's go three rounds on callbacks. It's like, I heard what I like. Get him in the booth. Let's get this done. Right. I mean, and let's that to me it. is is so I mean, it's just a part of my core brain DNA is like, I just want to get this to done and I want it to be done as well as we can, but without this faff of like six different chefs all adding to this one pot of stew. You know, like, I just want to get to a completed product that we all like. Let's do it. And and I feel like if I weren't so into tech and if I weren't so into this kind of content creation and conversation, I'd probably still just be cutting commercials because it's just pop, 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 pop. The money sucks, Boom. but you're doing so many of them that it kind of <laughs> makes up for it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Love it. Okay, and then uh, I know I said that was the last question, but now this is the last <laughs> question. Uh, now is the time when we can roll out the red carpet for you, and, and we already kind of touched on this a little oh, bit. Sure. But um, just, you know, for anybody who uh, might have tuned in late, where can people find you on the interwebs and, um, and enjoy your excellent content? I'm all over the place. So if you search for some gadget guy, you'll probably find my YouTube. My YouTube channel is actually my name, youtube.com slash Juan Bagnell. But if you search for Some Gadget Guy, you'll find me there. Twitter, Some Gadget Guy. Uh, my home site, SomeGadgetGuy.com. The Patreon is where I'm kind of spending a little bit more of my mental health time. Uh, so Patreon.com slash Some Gadget Guy. And then on top of that, um, I'm a, a producer and, and, uh, and a host for Slick Deals. Uh, the Slick Deals content is coming out really, really aggressive. I'm really liking what we're doing over there. And then I'm still talking about streaming and broadband infrastructure for reviews.org. Um, so again, it, it's like I'm, I'm constantly trying to collaborate if it's with TK Bay for our own personal channels, if it's with uh, Tashaka Armstrong over on reviews.org, or if it's with Trisha Hirschberger over on Slick Deals. Um, you, you'll, it's it's kind of hard to avoid me at this point. I'm sort of all over the place, and uh, nice. I kind of like it that way. Nice. It's it's more interesting kind of waking up and going, wait a minute, what do I need to do today? I don't know. Let's just go do some stuff. And let's just go just do get, some stuff and see what happens. Let's go do some stuff. <laughs> let's, let's go do some stuff and see who will pay for it. That's Yes. The, that's the, that's the best job to have, because even if no one will pay for it, I still made this thing, and I still have a platform yeah. that I can share it with folks. I have a video that was going to go out on reviews.org. We had to sideline it, 
And I'm asking them, like, maybe can I just preview it on my Patreon and see what people think? Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, that's a video I, I might not get paid for because of the way that things kind of got reorganized. But I still yeah. made it, and it's still a thing, and it can still be watched and viewed and enjoyed. So it's a good job. It's, it's, it's hectic and scary, and, you, you know, where money's coming in, and are we making our mortgage payments? All that stuff is, is definitely a contributing factor, but, I, I mean, I, I can't trade it right now because it's just too engaging and and hyperactive and it's too much fun yeah i like working for the man anyway and speaking of which my <laughs> lunch break is very definitively See? over I, so, I don't i don't have that concern i could keep going yeah. adam do you want to just hop off and i'll could. keep talking to your audience because i don't have to go i i can i can set my own my own podcasting schedule however i see fit Hmm, good point. Let me think about that. No. So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing to the podcast if you enjoyed it. And if you really enjoyed it, I would love it if you would write a review for the show. If you want some early access, jump on to Patreon at patreon.com slash benefit of the Dowd. You can write to the show by visiting benefitofadowd.com slash contact. I would like to thank Juan for, for coming on and helping close out season three of the Benefit of a Dowd podcast. And to thank co-producer Cliff for all of his hard work behind the scenes. But most of all, and as always, I would like to thank all of you for listening and for giving us the benefit of the doubt.